Welcome to the Inside the Rink podcast with Maddie, Smitty, and Connor. We're back at it, episode four, and we are with you today after a little bit of a hiatus. And that was because we really had to focus in on Halloween. Top five candy, <laughs> Smitty, go. Top five, uh, Twix, Snickers, Kit Kat, uh, regular Hershey bar, and peanut M&M's. Okay. Regular hurt like a seventy year old man. <laughs> well, I'm I'm getting close <laughs> every single day. Right, <laughs> I'm well, getting close every single day. I do like a Hershey bar with almonds, so maybe that's in maybe that's in there instead. But ooh, if you almonds. yeah, okay. if you're gonna go, you know, what can you eat for the rest of your life? Yeah, Twix Twix is a big one for me. Twix, Kit Kat, yeah. Snickers. I didn't even say Reese's, did I? Damn it. Is that, well, I mean, I have a sweet, yeah, I have a sweet tooth. So, I mean, give me a little of everything. Fuck's sake. Really? Yeah. Connor, I, you, except you, Whoppers. Connor, I, uh, I hate Whoppers. And, uh, hate. I'm a oh, Snickers hate and a Reese's guy, personally. Okay. I used, like, growing up, I used to be into the just plain generic, uh, like, Hershey bar, because I was one of those picky assholes who just wanted mm. chicken fingers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, But another, like, sneaky underrated one is my sister's favorite which was the cookies and cream hershey bar oh okay okay yeah you're branching cookies out and cream you're going on okay going on i am 100 percent 100 grand 100 oh. grand yeah uh i like those cat uh reese's cup or pumpkin or a christmas tree which are fabulous yeah uh in, the reese's ones yeah, the Reese's ones. It's always uh, a real funny time when you go straight from the pumpkin Reese to the Christmas tree Reese, like yes. before Thanksgiving. It's a real yeah. awkward time. <laughs> awkward time. <laughs> I I do not like the little baby uh, Reese's cups because I think they they get they're like no, stale. No. You got to give me a full most, size. Though. You got to go full size with those, and you got to go full size yeah. with the trees and the and the pumpkins and the Easter size eggs. Size does matter. Yeah. It does. You know, really complete does. pain in the balls with that thing. Kind of like the Milano cookies, like with the cups. Yeah. Like anything that takes time. Like Hershey's, like Hershey kisses. Like, for God's sakes. Yeah. I don't have the time to unwrap foil. I know. Throw them fucking loose in a bag, for fuck's sake. Throw them loose. I mean, right? I believe they make, like, a small bag that is probably, like, twice the cost. Right. Where they, they are completely bag. undone, and they're just the in there. Reese's, a little, little Reese's so, cups. Yeah. So so so, why are they twice the cost if you don't have to fucking unwrap them? Like you, you don't they pay for the wrapping paper or whatever that they're putting on them? And so yeah, if they're unwrapped, if they're unwrapped, money. it costs more money. Like, the argument so, for their side would be, well, we're saving you the time of having to undo it. Oh my that's god, the price you pay, that's you the dumbest bastard. thing ever. Yeah, that's a valid point. <laughs> I mean, that's, as a consumer. I am really feel I feel mistreated. I do. That is not that is not right at all. You're right. They don't have to pay for that. That's right. So those little oompa loompas that use the, the manufacture them, they don't have to have as many. You know. Those Willy damn oompa loompas. Um all right, episode four is Ottawa's on fire. We'll talk about that dumpster fire soon, but first, two minute minor. Joe Thornton retires after twenty four seasons in the NHL with the Bruins and the San Jose Sharks. Smitty, worst trade in hockey history? Uh, close. It's close. It's close. It's close. If it's not the worst, I mean, I would, I would fight with people to find me something that's worse than that one, because they basically mm-hmm. traded him, who was a dollar bill, so say dollar mm-hmm. for like not, not even like four quarters. It was like no. a dime, a couple of nickels, and like a penny with lint on it that's in like the bottom mm-hmm. of your pocket. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Wasn't it the wrong the wrong primo? <laughs> yes, it was. It was one hundred percent the wrong primo. Brian, <laughs> who it was it was the wrong primo and a couple of <laughs> Wasn't it like Wayne Primo? It was not, Wayne. Not was Keith Wayne. not Keith Primo. It was Wayne. Wayne. It was Wayne who sat at the, who sat at the kids' table for like twenty eight years at his house. And and then you pick him up. Uh yeah. that was bad. That was a bad one. And then he goes on for Hall of Fame career. Yeah, um, but also not the greatest postseason performer. I think that's a little, I think that's a little unfair because of the, 
you know, because of the team sport and, and sure. all that stuff, he still had some decent playoff series in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he wasn't quite the same player. Joe Thornton is that undersized Reese's. He gets you almost there. (laughs) He doesn't get you over the top. And, you know, never winning a Stanley Cup is probably going to linger over him sometime. But, fuck, he's a legend, man. He's probably a shoe-in, first ballot Hall of Famer. And if not, the shirtless um, selfie style recording of his Mm -hmm. retirement that the Sharks posted definitely should get him over the edge. Now he's a GM for what was it the IHL? What is he? He's Hockey a, Canada. Hockey uh, Canada. Yeah, Hockey Canada GM. Right now, just announced uh, recently. Interesting. That's not necessarily a bunch of bragging rights these days. Yeah. No, no, not. But he has he has uh, the per- a great personality. He's a you know he's definitely a character of the game. And boy, he put up quite a career. He really did. If you look at his numbers, it's it's almost unfair again that he's kind of treated the way he is because he put up some from just terrific numbers and his and his stats are just off the charts good offensively um as a whole so big joe retires um and then thomas placanich also hung it up after 24 seasons i didn't realize he played that long i thought he, re- <laughs> he retired like five years ago honestly I know. I guess that's another thing like yeah from I the NHL, you probably right. Might yeah right 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 but 24 seasons for placanich who was a thorn in the side of us bruins fans for sure he certainly was. Montreal, yeah, and he was the, he was the one guy who was well ahead of his time as far as the uh, the neck protection. Neck protector. He had yeah. that he had that some bitch turtleneck on for yeah, for that, all of those twenty four years. Williams football neck. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. Merton Hanks. He did the neck of the yeah, NHL. Merton Hanks. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Thomas Placanich wraps it up. After 24 seasons, Charlie McAvoy received a four-game suspension for his hit on Oliver Ekman Larson's. Ekman Larson, he's just he's already missed one game. McAvoy, there was talk that he was going to appeal. Um, it's a it's a loss for the Bruins. I just don't understand the thought process and the hit as a whole. I thought it was just a bad hit. Like I I can't come up. It's hard to defend. It's very hard to it's defend. Hard, hard to defend. Th- there really isn't yeah. any reason. Uh, you could defend it. He was cruising through the slot. He easily had time to avoid making contact with um, OEL and uh, and and just made a boneheaded play. And he he is going to appeal. It, it came out, I believe, uh, last night sometime that that he will appeal it and he'll lose the appeal because um, Batman doesn't really overturn those things. So um, you know, it's it's unfortunate you know why for the Bruins. He's gonna lose- let me ask you this. When is the last time you were watching a hockey game and you saw a defenseman standing in front of his own net mm-hmm. while the puck is nowhere near there mm-hmm. and get blindsided by the other team's other defenseman, defenseman right. who That's has absolutely no reason to be in that part of the ice at mm-hmm. that point in time? Yeah. I, that's the other thing. We, he's never really around there. I mean, McAvoy's not one to be Chara and stand in front of there once in a while. Like, he never goes there. And, and it was just from the side. Yeah. He was, you know, up in the rush. The puck wasn't there. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I mean, he, do, he does jump up in the play and he does the thing where he goes behind the net and circles the net and then kind of throws it out in front. So, I mean, it's possible that that had happened previous to that and he was kind of cruising back through the low slot to get back to his defense position because he he is a a right d but at the same time like even even if he's you know it doesn't matter where it occurred on the ice it's just he it could have he could have avoided the contact whether it was in front of the other team's net his own net center ice the red line in front of the benches he could have avoided the contact and it was stupid Mm -hmm. It was stupid. Well, I agree. I just make point of the location to show how egregious. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, they really could look is. at it and it say, "Why is he down there?" Yeah, I mean, it's it, they're not. I mean, that's going to stand. I mean, I don't sure see will. how. I don't it's see the how way Batman's justify. Been he's going to yeah. uh, tell him to pound yeah. it. And that's his second offense from 2019. He hit Josh Anderson, got a in in the playoffs, and and got a suspension as well. Uh, San Jose Sharks 0-9-1 through 10 games, lose 10-1 to on 
uh, Thursday night to the Vancouver Canucks. You talk about dumpster fires. You talk about a team that could be the worst team in the NHL history. I, I, I mean, they have 10 goals through 10 games, I believe. <laughs> I, I want to yeah. say they have 10 yeah. goals through 10 games, and they're like minus 24 or something like that already. Right. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Out over 40 goals. Yeah, no, so they're minus 35. They've, they've minus scored 35. 10 and given up 45. They're 0-4-1 wow. at home Jesus. and 0-5 away. Um, it, they do not have any talent on that team with the exception of Timo Meyer. And I think, you know, look, him He's, look. What? I'm, yeah. Isn't My- Meyer's uh, gone. Uh, yeah, Meyer's, uh, Thomas Hurdle. Uh, Thomas Hurdle, sorry. Exactly. Right, yeah. Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. Um, but the rest of that team, they don't have anybody. Like, no. Who's going to score don't. the goals? Right. You know, Logan Couture is, is, uh, was banged up a little bit and, and maybe back soon or, or is back now. But, you know, they, they don't really have much there uh, for Sharks fans to be excited about. No, they don't even have much to trade. I mean, they have Kevin LeBlanc. Yeah. They've, they've threatened to trade him for three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, nobody wants him. Well, nobody's going to give what they want. They don't really have anything at all. And, you know, I guess they could trade Hurdle. Uh, which they probably should. They should trade Couture, although he's kind of a staple there. He's like the Dustin Brown of the Sharks now. I mean, so I don't know if they would trade him, but they don't have much to to, to send. They they just came into the season with absolutely nothing on the roster. Yeah, I mean, they have really – I, I mean, I guess they have – you could say Anthony Duclair, who had a pretty good year with Florida last year, uh, and Mike Hoffman they picked up, who I guess would be their goal scorers. Um, but yeah, right. Couture, Couture is currently on IR. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. So here, I've got, I've got a fun, fancy stat for you. I looked it up while you guys were talking about that. Statistically speaking, based on winning percentage, the worst team in NHL history was the 1974-1975 Washington Capitals, who had the worst regular season record of 8 67 and five. Hmm. Wow. That's bad. Wow. Do you think they won't get to eight wins? They may not. They may not. They, they may I mean, not. right <laughs> now, they're, they're probably going to trade people away, right? Right. And if the only people they really have, I mean, they, they might be able to do it on their own. But even if now, if they trade people, they may not get to eight wins. I don't know I if mean, they will. A, uh, they they may They may not. They may not. They could be the worst How team of all time. Is it for the league to have a team that bad? That I kind of want to look wins. up to see like what awful teams they've played. To be honest, well, I mean, they played. I know they played Boston. Yeah, they played. Uh, you know, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. They, but their division. I mean, there aren't a lot of bad teams. They I lost in Arizona. They've been pretty good. Vancouver's been better than I thought. I mean, they've they've um, actually they've actually had a really tough schedule. To start the season, oh so, god, yeah. So they started, yeah. So they started, yeah, right so they started uh, against Vegas, Vegas, Colorado, Carolina, Boston, all at home. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Then they go on the road for five at Nashville, at Florida, at Tampa, at Carolina, at Washington, and then uh, back home <laughs> against Vancouver. First game wow. after a long trip, back scheduled loss, trip. ten to one. Get. Blasted. You get so what, blasted. So what, what game could they win? You have the schedule there. What yeah, they're playing they Pittsburgh tomorrow, and then they, they might go, beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a bag of dicks. No, here's the one: Philadelphia on the seventh. Yeah, and they've got Edmonton, Vegas, Anaheim. That's one. Anaheim. Florida, Anaheim is good. Anaheim's pretty good. Yeah. Anaheim's won five or six yeah. games. Yeah, but eventually that. You know the carpet. I'll tell you right now, they're gonna they're gonna lose. There. They're gonna beat either Pittsburgh or Edmonton because those are two fraudulent teams, and they're gonna lose. They're gonna drop. They're gonna win one of those games. Edmonton, I I can see Edmonton's kind of on real shaky ground. I could see them losing that game. Yeah, I mean that's that's that's. Uh, but there's not a lot of. Otherwise, they the really team. don't have. I mean, they're the worst. They're they're gonna be not favored in any game ever all season long. Like no, they, they could lose every game. How depressing is that? I mean, that's just, that's nothing. And like you said, there's nothing in sight there. 
Otherwise, their next one up would be December 15 against Arizona. <laughs> that would be the next, wow. like, quote, easy team on the schedule. Yeah. Well, how about this? Again, against Anaheim, 234,000 people watched it on ESPN somehow. Yeah. And uh, through 10 games, ESPN is averaging 588,000 viewers, up 22% versus the same point last season. Yeah, That's, I mean, interesting one. It's it's uh it's the Pat McAfee show effect. The uh yeah. you know, hockey is awesome segment giving a little bump to the uh to the ratings there. I, I just I don't yeah. I don't understand the way ESPN does their uh hockey coverage. I just I don't get it. Cause I, I saw somebody post the other day uh they had games, you know, the the frozen frenzy or free whatever they called it. I think it was frozen frenzy. Uh and and now for the basically the entire month of November, there's not going to be a single hockey game on the regular ESPN networks. No games. Wow. Only on ESPN Plus, uh, and then TNT will have games too. But I mean, how do you go from, you know, Frozen Frenzy, and then you know two or three games? Like there's no there's no ESPN. way casual fans can keep track of all this shit. Like no. when does the NBA start up? It started already. It started. It started so last week. So does ESPN broadcast oh, yeah. a lot of NBA games? Yep. Oh, yeah. So I that's would assume then that's what it is. Yeah. Kicking off but, the NBA season with, with it down your fire hose, down your mouth. Yeah, but basically. I mean, so the NBA and the NHL, because teams share arenas, buildings, play on like opposite nights usually. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, the Bruins will be at home Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, the Celtics will. Like it's that's kind of a, how they do it. Uh, to make mm-hmm. the schedules work. So ESPN could do, you know, Tuesday, Thursday basketball and Monday, Wednesday hockey. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't. It's a fucking sports network. Like, right. <laughs> you're going to show like women's college basketball or something instead of, of hockey on like a Monday night or something or something. You know, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They show college sports and, uh, and Monday night football is on ESPN. Oh, that's actually. true. Oh, there you go. And then, <laughs> and then there you go. And then college, uh, you know, so you got Monday night football, you got basketball, 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 and then hockey gets the fucking I, shaft. I, I, again, I, I just Tuesday and Thursday is typically traditionally hockey, hockey, hockey nights. Yeah. So just put put them on there. Like even versus or whatever the hell's network that was had a rivalry night, or whatever. So, you yeah, know, Wednesday, Wednesday night. night was two bad teams that aren't rivals, but at least it was <laughs> something with a title. So now you have. Just all over the map. It's like they took a paintbrush and just fired it at the wall, and you don't even know what team is on, where it's on. You know, is it on ESPN Plus, Hulu? Last night was a train wreck with Hulu. Like people, people couldn't sign in. I couldn't see the game. In, you know, it's just like, what are we doing? And you can't flip back and forth if you're watching the football on network TV, and then now you've got to find the hockey game on Hulu or whatever friggin' thing you have. Like, it's just so hard for the consumer to just sit back, relax, watch the games. And it's and if you're going to go hunt for hockey, people aren't going to do that. No. Like, casual fans are not going to do that. Casual fans won't. On the dial, skip by it. Oh, I'll, I'll sit on this. Oh, they scored a goal. Oh, the crowd's going crazy. Okay, I'll watch this for a few minutes. But if it's not readily available, you won't get those casually casual fans. No, thank oh, God for bro. Connor last night. He streamed the streamed the game for me on on, on the old yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. On the stream yard, yeah. Yeah. Right on the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. we do it right on here. Four. Yeah. Sure. Highly illegal. Yeah. Great. Nothing that's, illegal to see. No, here. that's no, not illegal. No, that's God, just two no, that's God, just no. two friends chatting over uh stream yard. That's yeah, all that is. Stumbled upon. Hey, check this out. Yeah. Stumble upon it. Sure. Um all right, uh, five minute major time. Teams have moved to decentralize the draft, possible in 2024, but not likely to happen until 2025. We talked about this briefly last time, but I guess what they're trying to do is 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 kind of what uh, needs to be done. I guess so. I mean, I still I still am not a, a really a fan of it. I don't really like the fact that they're doing this, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess you know maybe the. The teams do. The teams don't want to send all their people and do that whole thing. But, um, yeah. This is I, good for the owner's pocketbook. Yeah. And a little 
extra sleep for some people in the organizations who are buzzkills, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. Yeah, let's yeah. let's kill the I, I fun. I still think they could market the draft a little better. I mean, especially when you have these high-profile prospects coming in. Like, you had Bizarre, now like you have Celebrini. Yeah. Like, like, if you have, like, a can't-miss, like, if you have the top guy as a beast kind of thing, you can market that a little bit better, I think. You can yeah. make it more of an event. Well, how about this for ESPN? Yeah. You know, they, they have a guy like Connor Bedard. They're blowing him out your ass. You see him every two seconds everywhere. Bedard watch, all this, all that. And now for the month of November, you get no hockey coverage on ESPN. Nothing. So Nothing. we'll go, we'll go Bedard up your ass all of October yeah. and then November radio silence. Sweet, yeah. sweet marketing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Inconsistent. Um, yeah, inconsistent. All right, biggest surprises so far this season. I definitely would say Anaheim. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. And Arizona, those two teams I thought were still rebuilding, still pretty bad, but both teams have been pretty decent. And I'll tell you, Anaheim with Carlson and McTavish and Zegris, you know, Troy Terry is very good. Yeah. Like that, that's a pretty, that's becoming a pretty good team quickly. They are. I, I think those two are, are really good surprises. I also think it's surprising that uh, Vegas and the Bruins have both started as well as they did. Usually you get a cup winner uh, in Vegas that, you know, has a little bit of a cup hangover. They, you know, they don't come out of the gate that fast. And here's Vegas 10 and one to start the season. The Bruins come off their uh, historic regular season last year. Everybody says they're going to be terrible because they lose Bergeron and Krejci, and they come out of the gates 9-0-1. I mean, I think that's pretty surprising for both of those teams uh, to with the starts they had. And then disappointments. I think you have to put Pittsburgh on there a little bit uh, after the Carlson trade. I think you have to put... Uh, San Jose certainly on that list. I mean, people thought they were going to be bad, but ten goals in ten games bad, probably not. But Minus that's what they want. So I mean, yeah, I mean it is. For them. It is. And I, yeah. so I, I mean, and other teams that have surprised. I mean, Minnesota started three, five, and two. I don't think that's great. Calgary right. two and seven. I mean, Edmonton. Edmonton's yeah. another one. Two Edmonton. six and one out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's some some huge questions in Edmonton about their goaltending situation, um, and and whether or not they should make some kind of a move to improve that before that season absolutely tanks. And every once in a while, you hear about the Connor Connor McDavid's not that happy. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just people just guessing if he isn't or what have you, but it you know, at some point, point you have to figure out you you have to. Figure out, are you going with McDavid or Dreisaitl? Or what, what are you doing? You have to change the landscape of your team because it's not it's not working. I mean, it's just, and right now it's not. And your defense and, and goaltending always let you down. It's like Toronto. Like, at what one, at one point are you going to just realize? You know, Toronto-Boston game last night is a perfect example. Boston's relying on goaltending and defense and good penalty killing and staying in games and then winning the games in the end. In Toronto and Edmonton and these teams are just trying to outscore people. It doesn't work in the end every single year. And it's just, you know, when are you going to realize that you have to change the philosophy uh, of that thing and, and not just stockpile a bunch of forwards and see if you can outscore people? And that's really, I think, what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, that's been Toronto's problem for years. Is like they, yeah. they've spent all their money on Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, and Tavares, and left no money for anything else, and they don't have anything else, you know? No. They they really don't. So, I mean, it puts you kind of in a bind. It's it's the same with Edmonton, you know? You have McDavid, you have Dreisaitl, uh, Hyman, they gave a big contract to. Darnell Nurse, they gave a huge contract to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, Not sure why that was the case. Uh, He was their one, you know, kind of good defenseman, and they paid him like a number one, which he isn't. Uh, But, you know, you you do those type of things, and it doesn't leave your team any room for depth. And in in hockey, especially in the playoffs, it's the depth kind of guys that win games for you. They win series Mm -hmm. for you. It's not usually you know the star players the star players usually cancel each other out you know one team stars the other team stars both you know play well 
And then it's the depth guys that make the difference. And those teams don't have depth. So they struggle when it comes time to, uh, you know, to win. Yeah, and other, other disappointments. Like the Kraken haven't been great, 4-5-2. and two. Um, You know, I, I thought that they would be a little bit better. The Minnesota thing really is a head-scratcher. I had them going to the cup final, I think. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I really like their team. Um, but they just seem to be really struggling. Boldy was uh, hurt for, for a bit too. there. He missed uh, three or four yeah. games. So, you know, they haven't been completely healthy. So that might be part of it, too. But... Yeah, they've they yeah. they haven't kind of lived up to expectations early here. No, they haven't. And the Rangers are sneaky good, eight and two. Yeah, like I don't hear much about them. I know they're good. I don't hear much about them though when it comes to the top teams. Probably overshadowed by you know Bruins and and Knights and so forth. But they're they're really good and eight and two. Yeah, they're, I mean they're they are really they're they're one and Jer- I think Jersey's kind of overshadowed them too the way they've started yeah. and with with Hughes having the kind of start he has I believe he has twenty points in ten games or nine games yeah he's it's like really good you know the fourth points last year. fourth quickest guy or something like that to you know yeah to get uh, twenty points in that many games uh, behind Lemieux Gretzky and a couple others maybe. Yeah, so that was, that was another thing I saw the, uh, recently was where were the where are the Hughes family where are they going to stack up amongst NHL families in history? That's um, interesting because they were talking about the Espositos, we're talking about the Sutters, mm-hmm. and then talking about uh, the Stall the brothers and where they make yeah the Stall the Stalls the Cindy the the, pre, the Primos yeah. <laughs> the Primos <laughs> yeah heavy on Keith heavy on, so much yeah the Gretzkys Brent and Wayne yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne can't even get a dinner roll over on the uh, kids' table. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the Hugheses, uh, you know, they're both. I mean, that the Hughes family is just all three all excellent players. Yeah, I mean, they were they they were saying, and somebody said this: wouldn't it be something if Jack wins the heart, Quinn wins the Norris, and Luke wins the Calder? I mean, right. That's that's yeah. maybe uh, you should head up, uh, head over to your you know friends over at DraftKings and maybe throw five sure. bucks down on that to win you know probably right. a few grand. I would bet. That's the futures right there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's not a bad little bad little bet because um, they they're all have all started off very well. Yeah, there for was their a heart, a Ross, a Vesna, and a and something else that the Espositos won one year. Tony and Phil, they they won oh. four awards. And uh, that's tough. It was, it was Ross Hart, Vesner, and another one. And that was Con uh, Smythe, maybe? Yeah, so might have been, yeah. Rock another, another big one. Yeah, Richard. Maybe it was Richard. Yeah, it could have been Richard. But yeah, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a big one. So they're, they're, uh, they're an excellent hockey family. All right. Ottawa Senators. Oh, Jesus. Boy, this is something. Shane Pinto, 41 game suspension for sports gambling, even though he wasn't signed and wasn't doing a damn thing. Uh, <laughs> first round pick loss due to the Dadnov situation. Uh, and Connor, who, do you have that situation? You know exactly what Yeah, I mean, I can give you the Cliff Notes version of it. You don't need Mm. to go the the play-by-play. But uh, a couple years back, the Ottawa Senators traded Evgeny Dadunov to the Vegas Golden Knights. And I was actually listening to a bunch of stuff uh, before we did the show today. During the trade call with the Senators and the Golden Knights at that time, the Golden Knights had asked on the call, does he have any trade protection that we need to be aware of? And the answer from the Senator's organization, whoever was representing them on the call, said no. So sometime down the road, the Vegas Golden Knights went to trade Evgeny Dadunov and a second-round pick to the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for... Um, John Moore, who they had actually recently got from the Bruins at that time in the Ampus Lindholm deal. When that trade was approved by the NHL, his agent then turned around and said, whoa, 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 we can't, we can't have him be traded to the Ducks. That's against his trade protection. And the Vegas Golden Knights turned around and were flabbergasted and were like, what do you mean trade protection? Lo and behold, He did have a no trade list that was provided to the senators 
there was some discussion that it may have not been turned in on time or something along that case. Um, that was proven to be untrue. Um, so the trade between the Golden Knights and the Ducks was then voided. So the Ducks were out a second round draft pick and Vegas was out of some cap relief at that deadline to make some other moves. Um, obviously, Dadnoff stayed with them and played through the playoffs that year. He actually had a pretty good playoff with them. And then he was traded to Montreal that offseason. So fast forward up until recently, it seems like there's been a huge push from the Vegan Gold, the Vegas Golden Knights camp uh, either their general manager or their ownership that they wanted the league to pursue this and issue some type of, you know, statement, um, judgment and penalty on the senators, because obviously everybody knows that Vegas has a bad rap of treating their players pretty poorly. And at the time we all just naturally assumed that this was Vegas being assholes to a player. So they wanted to make that clear and be unfair so this week it comes out that the senators are going to lose a first round pick for their part in this whole debacle. And there was a, um, a press conference yesterday that I actually did get the chance to listen to, uh, where Steve Steos, um, and Michael Anlauer, the owner of the senators were asked a bunch of questions and it was pretty obvious that he is completely pissed off at the NHL for what's happened here. And it was clarified that he did know that there was going to be an investigation and something that came out of this, but the league had told him it was nothing serious, you know, nothing to really worry about. So during the press conference yesterday, um, he made two, um, two things that, I thought were pretty interesting to keep an eye on and see if anything happens because of it. One being the comment where he said, I don't know if you take a first round draft pick serious or not, but I definitely do. And the second comment when he was pressed more about the topic was, you know, I don't know if this was withheld from um, potential buyers to help drive up the sale price for the previous owners or not. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty damning for the league. It does. It does look bad, smell bad, <laughs> sound bad. Like it's just, it's, it's all bad. You know what I mean, it's all and bad. for the people that are listening to this and you're just like, okay, well this sounds like an owner just being pissed off that he has some consequences for his organization. Michael Ann Lauer just purchased this team a few months ago for just shy of a whopping $1 billion. Right. And the league and Gary Bettman did not have the wherewithal to tell him that, hey, we're probably going to dock you a first-round pick and just be right. open and honest about it. Right. Um, and also, he was not aware of the Shane Pinto investigation until a little bit more recently. So that was also right. withheld from him. And I think kind of added to his frustration leading up into the draft. Definitely pick. some sort of, it does definitely smells of some sort of inside job or some, you know, let's, let's just keep it under the rug so that this thing gets done. You know, cause that, that lasted a little bit. There was a talk about Ryan Reynolds, possibly buying the team. There were all these names bandied about. He finally buys the team and now Pierre Dorian's gone. Uh, and Steve Steos is in as in, interim uh, GM. Uh, in those remarks, Ann Lauer was not disciplined, which I found interesting because, you know, it's almost an admittance of, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, because you know, he's, he's right. right. That's why he wasn't right. disciplined. Yeah, he's not good. So that's going to be created more of a stink if he gets any type of discipline. What are they going to do? Take the take a second-round pick? Take the next year's first-round pick? And then he gets more pissed. Fine him 50 grand? Like, yeah, I mean, if I was... round pick is like a top 10. Yeah, if, I mean, yeah. if I was him, I would be absolutely livid. You know, I shell out a billion dollars and you don't, you know, you don't have the decency to tell me. He comes in, he gets blindsided. He's on the team for a few months. And then all of a sudden he's got all these things uh, going on around him that he had nothing to do with, no control over, and and was made, <laughs> was not made aware of any of it. It's just... Uh, it's just absolutely unbelievable to me that the league could do something like that, you know, 
no disclosure at all about, uh, you know, the dealings going on behind the scenes of, of possible outcomes, you know, no, don't worry about it. I mean, first round picks are gold in that league, uh, especially high first round picks, you know, that's how you build championship teams. You know, if you look at, you know, Colorado and a lot of the, the Tampa Bay team, like a lot of those teams had high, high first round picks that they used to, to get the core of their team. Uh, and missing out on that is a big deal. And for the league to tell them that it wasn't is absolutely mind boggling to me. Yeah, it is to me too. And I, yeah, it's a, it's just a really bad Mark on, on the thing. Let's let's put this into perspective too. Um, I've heard this argument in a couple different places. I don't say that I agree with the argument, but this is just going to put into perspective how the league doles out its punishment. Okay, mm. so this error, and we can call it a bookkeeping error. You could say that somebody just voluntarily lied, what have you. The actual consequence of the action is pretty minimal. Like there's not real damage happening because of this. The Chicago Blackhawks after the Kyle beach scenario find $2.5 million. Yeah. And then they were given the, and then they were, and then they were given the number one overall pick in the draft. Right. If they had taken away their first round draft pick for that scenario, that could have cost them Connor Bedard. It would have. Yeah, sure. It would have. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I mean, people have been all over social media talking about it saying, you know, uh, a sexual assault, you know, sexual assault, um, you know, is, is less, um, bad, I guess, than, you know, whatever the, problems were with the with the Dadnoff situation it's like no trade rights are, are it's more of a you know that's worse than sexual assault and people are like you know I, I can't believe that you would dole out this kind of punishment for Ottawa when you let Chicago basically skate free and easy on I, uh, I think on that yeah I I think sports leagues have a problem with the line between integrity of the league and normal, you know, humane integrity. <laughs> right. Like they tend here's to a, value a, that more. Yeah. You know, like NFL does this all the time. Sure they do. You know, you're not going to cheat. You're not going to do this or that or do something that's going to ruin the integrity of the game. But sexual assault or domestic violence and all these other things get a lesser penalty because they fall behind this. We're not the law. So we're not going to do, but, but if you cheat the system, the NFL system, you cheat the shield, that's different. And I think that professional sports leagues continuously fumble this thing and struggle with it because they're more really worried about the integrity of their own brand and product and game than they are the human aspect of it, which should be far more, you know, valuable. You don't want these these criminals or what have you, you know, just in your league in, in, you know, Tyreek Hill. And then you, and then you just, you know, you, you glorify them uh, and you don't punish them as much. Allow me some, some space here to lead you a little bit. It'll make sense. I promise. Shane Pinto, who we've talked about, what do you think his contract would have been if he had signed? You can guess. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably four million. I don't know. I don't know. I would say a little bit higher than that. I would have said somewhere between maybe five and six. Yeah, me too. Okay, all right. Over, you know, like a five to a six-year deal, <laughs> and I think they may have been saying something about that, right? So a forty-one game suspension, and we can just say five million. We'll we'll go on the low side of that. A forty-one game suspension is two point five million dollars. He would have forfeited to the NHL. Would have been five hundred thousand dollars more of a fine than the Blackhawks received. Right. Charlie right. McAvoy's four-game suspension that he just received, he has to forego two hundred thousand dollars, a tenth yeah. of the Blackhawks. Right fine. of the Blackhawks fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it puts it into perspective there. And but, yeah. if we want to go even further into the absurdity of the NHL. 
They made up the fucking rules as they went with the Shane Pinto suspension. He is not under contract. And they are saying that his 41 game suspension counted at the beginning of the year, even though he wasn't going to be playing anyway Mm -hmm. and are letting it count, even though he's not under actual contract. Right. Should start when he signs. Signed him. They would have been stuck with that $5 million cap hit on -hmm. their books for Mm -hmm. 41 games and do nothing about it. So on one hand, you have to say the NHL is completely making it up and you could argue one way or the other that they were, you know, maybe trying to appease a new owner or maybe they knew what they were about to do with this first round pick. And they made these concessions and brokered a deal with the NHLPA and everybody signed their NDAs. And that's why nobody will talk about it. And then you whack them for the first round pick. Maybe Gary Bettman turns around to Ann Lauer after yesterday's press conference says, you know what? Go fuck yourself. We let you off the hook per se in the Pinto situation and really hung the punishment on the player himself to where the team didn't necessarily take the hit. And you're going to complain about the first round pick. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, but either way, the NHL completely made that up Mm -hmm. and that has not happened before. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. It's capture convention. Really? Yeah. You should have made it. So it starts when he signs a contract. If you want to sign him to a $775,000 one year contract, go ahead. Right. I mean, it, it happens in other sports, like with a, with a PED suspension or so forth. You'd have to be signed. You know, you'd have to, you, you wouldn't start the suspension until you're signed to a contract. To be eligible to play, which he right. was not eligible to so play. So it benefits Pinto, who wasn't going to play anyway, and it benefits the team, who doesn't have to suffer the, the cap hit. The cap well, hit. yeah, I mean, I would say it doesn't benefit Pinto at all, because obviously he can't play, he can't make money, but the winners in that scenario is definitely the Senators. Well, Pinto could go to the KHL, right, or somewhere. I mean, he could. Uh, no, he's not on the contract. He would have to be loaned, so the team would have to loan him to the KHL. Oh, so he's an RFA, correct? Okay, so he's so he's just still so they still have the rights, right? Right, right, right. All right, before we go, I wanted to get your thoughts on this in season tournament for the NBA and whether or not you'd like that for the NHL. I'm not a big in season tournament, that means not much at all. Um, I just think it's kind of a, a gimmick and I'm not a big fan of it, even less than the NBA, but in the NHL, would you like something like this? You mean the Olympics? <laughs> or... Yeah. The, yeah. Oh no, not the, Call it the Olympics. I, I yeah. wouldn't mind, uh, them playing for the Olympics. I wouldn't mind the world cup of hockey coming back. Uh, right. but the in season tournament, I mean, in the NBA, what do they get money? Right, that's yeah, what the, get the players yeah, get, get. Like some sort of money for the win. They, there's some sort of monetary uh, incentive. Yeah, so I mean, the players in the NHL probably would be for it because I think the games count well, towards uh, regular season wins and losses, I believe. So yes, you know, if they were going to do something like that, and and you know, the players were were for it to, uh, you know, make a little extra. I don't have it would a, have more value in the NHL because even the lesser players right. don't make is is that much right. money. They just don't. Yeah, a lot of them making less than a million a year. So that that means a lot to them. Yeah. So sure. to me, I mean, if the players were behind it, sure, why not? But it it's like, I don't know, a playoffs before playoffs for hockey. Like the yeah, Stanley right. Cup playoffs are are kind of a, a sacred thing. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I don't that. I don't know if the players would be ramping it up to that degree in the middle of mm-hmm. the season. So, right. and maybe you get more injuries cause it's a, you know, it's a more physical sport than basketball and so right. forth. So that's exactly what I was thinking is, you know, if you try to ramp up something that has like playoff type implications mm-hmm. where there's money involved, people are going to push it harder. They're going to hit harder. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more injuries. Be injuries and then you're going right. to have somebody who, you know, might blow an ACL or, you know, something yeah. like that in Concussions the middle of the or, year and yeah. see you later. Right. right. And then you, then you lessen your Stanley cup thing, which is the sacred being some, some would say, some would argue the sacred trophy in all of sports. So. And the, the players do get a bonus for winning the Stanley cup. So it would right. be along the same premise of, 
what you see there. I mean, I really think this is, you know, people in NHL um, circles here kind of tiptoeing around the topic of the NHL has been a bag of shit when it comes to giving us best on best international hockey, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, cucking us on the Olympics constantly, or, you know, you give us a little, a little bump of this world cup of hockey, which was phenomenal. I got the team North America Jersey for Mm -hmm. the young guns. Um, That was great. And then it, it disappeared. Mm -hmm. Give us something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, and even if it's not in the middle of the season and say you do it in September or, you know, the beginning of October before the season really, you know, rolls in. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, if you watch those old Canada Cup games, you know, with all those great players playing together, I mean, those are some fantastic old games to watch and stuff. So, and I think they I've heard that probably trying to come back with a 2025 between the Super Bowl and the March Madness. So like probably in February there, which would be a good spot too. It would. They'd have the, they'd have the, yeah, they'd have the media, you know, coverage all to themselves and uh, it would, it would be a good time for it. And, and I hope they do bring it back because uh, best on best hockey is uh, some of the, some of the most fun stuff you can watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd forego any type of all-star game. Oh yeah. Festivities if it, you know, for timing, whatever, get rid of that thing. There was one. There was one other thing, not uh, not about this, but just in general that I wanted to bring up on this show. Did you guys see the uh, Sebastian Aho hit on Adam Fox? Yes. And 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 what did you what did you think of that hit? Because I I don't know if I would necessarily call it dirty, but um, the fact that think, you go yeah, ahead. I, I think it's kind of left the leg out kind of thing. Right. You know, it's a little kind of leave it out there. Um, and that's a, that, those are really dangerous hits. Like they're subtle, but they're so dangerous. And, and I think there was a little leaving the leg out there kind of to obstruct at the, at the least. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know about dirty, but, but certainly intentional to leave it out there for some sort of obstruction. Yeah. I so, think yes. I, sorry, go ahead, Connor. I just watched it. I had not seen it. And my initial response is Adam Fox left his leg out there mm-hmm. clean as day. Like you're almost parallel to your body with your leg. You obviously should have been moving it, mm-hmm. but it's blatant that Sebastian Ajo did not move. You see his upper body lean over so he can keep his legs in place to make contact. He didn't try to lift his leg up, jump over nothing specifically made a point to put his upper body forward. So he would definitely make contact. So yeah, you can bet that the next time the Rangers play Carolina, Jacob Truba is probably going to rip somebody's head off. Yeah. Well, they'll have a really dirty. Yeah. Head. They'll be, they'll be targeting Ajo for sure. My, my take was that, um, I think they were in man-on-man coverage, it looked like. Uh, and Ajo had his skates pointing out of the offensive zone. And Fox was going to beat him back door. Like, the puck was on the wall, on the right-hand wall. And he was going to beat him to the net. And Ajo kind of stuck his leg out to kind of get a piece of Fox so that he wouldn't get beat to the net. And I don't necessarily think it was dirty, but he was definitely trying to get a piece of him because he was beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are be- correct in the mention of him facing. Yeah, he was facing uh, outward, outward, like out of the zone. So uh, Fox, zone. he didn't yeah. have eyes on the Aho didn't have eyes on the puck, and Fox was going to beat him back door to the and net. Fox would have been completely alone. In the slot. <laughs> he would have been. been so pass. I think that's why Aho is like, I got to get a piece of this guy, or he's going to yeah. get you know a really good scoring chance, and you know he purposely tried to get a piece of him. I'm not saying it was dirty that he was trying to go knee on knee, but that's what happens when you do things like that. When you're getting beat and you try to get a piece of a guy, that's when you stick out an elbow. That's when you, you know, right. Clothesline somebody. Take all cynicism out of that hit. They still should have called an interference. Exactly. No penalty was Hmm. called. Right. Because the puck was nowhere near either of those guys. Right. 
Yes. Yeah, so see, I'm sort of in this in agreement. Like, I think it's one of those, you know, spur of the moment. Like, I got to get a piece of the guy. So you're not thinking I got to hurt him. I got to do anything like that. You're just like, I can't let this guy go in and score and contest it. Like, so you just you just do what it takes at the time. And I think that's what it was. Well, Ajo, like, it just just kind of leg was out there. Got to right. get a piece. Yeah, got to get a piece. How about the Mar- how about the Marshan hit? Like that was a you know a reputation. Toronto fans are screaming. Uh, I didn't think it was a slew fit, per, uh, slew uh, foot per se. I thought it was a, probably a trip. Yeah, should have been a trip. Justified a trip, um, but it was just a strong. He's trying to keep a low base, and and I'll tell you this: from watching Marshan for many years, he gets he has a low center of gravity, and he gets into people's feet. And gets him off balance better than anybody I've ever seen. Like it's constant, like gets into the back of your foot, not necessarily slew foot, but just get you off balance, get leverage. He does it all the time. He does. And in this case, I think that's what it happened. Yeah. I mean, I, from, I saw some referees on Twitter, Tim Peel commented on it too, and said that, um, Lilgren got into Marshan's, they both kind of had paths to the puck and Lilligren got into Marshan's path. And so Marshan was kind of battling with him for position, gets his stick in front to try to get to where the puck is and, and knocks his foot. Like, I don't think he was knocking his feet out, but he did get no. his foot with his stick. So to me, that's a trip, but like right. all this intentional, like slew footing and yeah. all that stuff. If that, if you slow it down, Lilligren, if you look at like the back of his right hamstring, yeah, he basically starts to lean back or like sit yeah, on Martian sit down with on his him. right leg. Right. right. And his left leg is basically straightened out because he's trying to slow down. Mm-hmm. Right. With Marshan still behind him. And he's trying mm-hmm. to slow himself and Marshan's weight. Yeah. With one right. leg that he straightens out all the way. And he straightened it out too far, hyperextended it, and then it locked in place and slammed right into the board. Right. And right. that's when he went down. So And Marshan can't can't just let up because he's in a prone position with a guy sitting on his thigh. Like he's, he's in a puck like battle. He's, yeah. he's in a puck battle. So he's gonna he's gonna keep a solid base. And that's what he did the whole way to the boards. So I didn't think there was any kind of slew foot action. I think it was more of a trip and two guys just trying not to give in. Yeah, there was no the sweep boards. of the foot or anything no, like no, that no, that led you no. to any kind of slew foot. No, and play. believe me, if it was, I'd be the first to say, yeah, that's a slew foot. He does, you know, he's, he's susceptible to it. Yeah, but th- in that case, I don't think that. That was just an unfortunate kind of awkward. That's in his know, repertoire. Thing. It's in his, yeah, it's in his DNA. I mean, Jesus Christ, people, he didn't lick them. Calm down. I know. It's, I mean, that's really deadly now for the germs and such. You know, Give you the coronavirus. All the viruses. Oh. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's attempted murder right there. Um, all right, so that'll do it for this episode of the Inside the Ring podcast. Uh, jump on InsideTheRink.com. And, hey, subscribe if you're watching to us right now. Hit that button right there. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. And we'll be back at it again soon. Thanks a lot for listening.